Hello and welcome to Meet the AYO, the Australian Youth Orchestra's new podcast. I'm Katie and I'll be one of your hosts for today's show along with my colleague Simone. Hello Simone. Hi Katie. <laughs> In this episode we will be having a chat to our very first guest who has joined us today to discuss the oboe, her love of music and her involvement in the very much anticipated AYO July season concerts. Each episode we will meet somebody new but today we're going to begin with AYO alumna and principal oboe of the Sydney Symphony Orchestra, Diana Doherty. Hello Diana. Hello. Welcome. Now, Diana, I made a pretty impressive discovery last night. I hope I'm correct as well. But you have been principal oboe of the Sydney Symphony for 20 years. Is that correct? Uh, It's getting close, yeah. It's getting close. Uh, I think. Officially since July 1997. So, yeah, in a a month. Next week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Well done. So as someone who's been performing on the stage for, let's say, many, many years, what continues to ignite your passion for music? The music. Yeah, the music and the situation, you know, the the connection to an audience, creating something in that moment, even if it's a piece you've played so many times, it's it's about the moment. It's about being there with those people in that space and something special something magic that happens in that moment um which you can't reproduce in any other way time or space you know it's it's um it's a mystery really but (laughs) do you think there's something special about a live performance absolutely Mm, absolutely yeah because i think a, um, a big part of it is the audience you know there and um possibly that's not often enough reflected on, I think, the the fact that the audience is part of the performance and what they give back to you is they're perhaps not even really aware of, but it's very much part of the experience for everyone uh, and and the chemistry of that vibe and what happens on stage and how that all mixes um, can be, you know, it's very unique to every particular situation. So... Yeah, very much not to be underestimated, yeah. And I think last time we spoke, um, you, do you have a little bit of a musical family? Like, mm-hmm. how many how many kids are in your family? I think you're the youngest so, of... Yeah, I'm youngest of nine, and none of us are kids anymore. <laughs> <laughs> We're all old now, but... Um, yeah, I, it was a musical household in the sense that my mum, mother and father loved music and really um, encouraged us to play music, um, but uh, I'm the only professional musician and yeah so um uh although you know i have brothers and sisters who are very knowledgeable and proficient um they've all chosen other careers they've you know clever enough at other things (laughs) i never (laughs) i never discovered anything else i could do so so as a child what made you choose the oboe because it's a little bit of a unique instrument Mm. Yeah, it is a bit. Uh, I have um, an older brother, John, who he's number three in the family. So okay. he's, you know, he's a good 10 years older than I am. And he uh, had played the oboe up till about the age of 15, I think. And so I um, I guess I was, I was too young to remember when he stopped playing the oboe. But it was sort of stored away somewhere going mouldy under the house. <laughs> and... Um, I started when I was six on the violin and when I was seven on the piano and I was sort of happily going along with that. And then at school, the education department in Queensland started this new initiative where 
Um, they wanted to make bands uh, in schools and encourage people to take up wind instruments. So I badgered my parents basically until they let me take up something. And so there happened to be an oboe somewhere. They said, well, if you can find it and get a sound <laughs> out of it, you know, I guess you can learn that. <laughs> go for it. Yeah. Go for it. <clears throat> I think it was as much to turn me off as anything else, but oh. unfortunately it didn't work. Oh, well, that's <laughs> good, good job, parents. <laughs> nice. I think I, I think I would have chosen the oboe if I was going if I yeah. was going to play a wood. Really? Yeah. I was going to choose saxophone. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that was like cool back then. But like, yeah. clarinet. Clarinet was Katie. Clarinet was all. Oh, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> uh, clarinet was all the rage when I was in school. So, I don't know. I feel, yeah, I feel like. As oboe, you feel a bit unique. You feel a bit special. Not many people play it. Yeah, it's certainly like, in primary school. I don't think we school. even had one. Mm. So, yeah. I think it's got mm. a lot more street cred these days, especially with. Um, I don't know if you've watched Mozart in the Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a bit. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of, I love it, but I just, oh, the miming is so awful. I think, did you know, when that when that show came out, mm-hmm. apparently ticket sales for the New York Philharmonic mm-hmm. went up 20% because people were like, wow, classical music isn't boring. Like yeah, it's, right. It's actually yeah. interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's a big leap, yeah. a huge leap. Um, one of the things that we wanted to ask you about that we've noticed is that you have done a lot of work and c- collaborations and things with um, Australian composers, so we thought we'd hear a little snippet of you playing Ross Edwards' Yanada. <laughs> interesting piece there, Ross Edwards Yanada. Um, we were wondering is working with Australian composers something that you're particularly passionate about or is hmm. this just coincidence? I've been really fortunate I think to have such um, direct contact with, with composers and a lot of that is thanks to the Sydney Symphony. Um, the contact with Ross Edwards was, was coincidence actually because when we first moved to Sydney 20 years ago we rented a little house in Annandale and two doors down lived Ross Edwards. Oh, wow. And so <laughs> we, yeah, we kind of got chatting, um, yeah, and, and Yanada was actually the first thing that uh, he wrote for, for me and um, he had already written Ulpira, which is the second of the little pair of pieces for solo over, mm-hmm. but it was originally written for Joe Dudley for the uh, recorder. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, what do you think of this? Would it work on the oboe? And I just loved it. So he said, well, I'll write a little something to go with it perhaps because I was looking for Australian content for them. But I think that's actually quite a nice connection that you did that work with Ross Edwards and then mm. now you're collaborating with Nigel Westlake mm. and he's also an Australian composer. Mm. So with these concerts, we've got all Australian works with homegrown talent. And I was saying to Katie, I think that's quite a rarity. I don't know Mm. in a while if I've seen a program that's really just promoting everything Australia about classical music. Mm. So how did this collaboration come Mm. about? 
Uh, so, well, I knew the name, Nigel Westlake, um, and then years ago with the Sydney Symphony, we premiered his percussion concerto with Rebecca Lagos, who's a lovely colleague, um, principal percussionist with us in the orchestra, and uh, she had collaborated very closely with Nigel on a percussion concerto uh, that we performed, and I absolutely loved it. Um, and I thought one day I would love to collaborate with, with Nigel on, on a piece. It took a long time for a number of reasons to actually come together. Uh, and But I'm so glad. I mean, it was absolutely worth the wait. Um, and what's so fascinating, I find, working with composers, and, and I don't know about other countries, but possibly in Australia, somehow people are just so friendly and open and easy oh, to definitely. talk to, you know. Yes. Yeah. So, but what I love is that each composer has their own sort of vibe and own the way they work and it's just so lovely getting to know them and seeing how they work and then also you know it's it's taken me a while also to understand my side of the process and and still getting the hang of that you know just how much trying to gauge you know with composers how much input they want from me or and and with Nigel it was like very very collaboratory yeah and also programmed in our July concerts is Leora Tarr and Nigel Westlake's Compassion. Mm. But that was actually debuted with the Sydney Symphony in mm. 2013. Mm. Were you a part of that orchestra? Yes, I was. I remember <laughs> it. Yes, very well. And what was yeah. it like performing with a vocalist? Because for AYO, I think mm. this is this is quite special. I, I'm sure we've done things with vocalists before, but mm. Leo's style is so distinct to him and it's, it's mm. very unique. So what mm. was that like for you and the orchestra? It was incredibly inspiring. Yeah, it was incredibly inspiring. I don't know if you... Um, if you know the lyrics from from this song, compassion is um, you know, compassion is the measure of a man, and um, at the time, you know, with all that, you know, is in Nigel's history as well, and the fact that Leo is you know was singing in Hebrew and in Arabic and just the state the world's in, and you know, and it, it just felt so profound being on stage with these guys. And um, you know, and talking about compassion and 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 forgiveness and um, compassion for oneself, compassion for others, and just how you know, really lifting the human spirit to a higher level, which which I've always felt classical music has the ability to do, rather than stirring up ill feeling, it promotes kind of you know reflection and. Um, this kind of space where you're safe to reflect on higher values. And I, um, yeah, I just remember it being incredibly inspiring. Yeah. And I think it was my ex first experience of Leo, so I was like, wow. <laughs> I yeah. think it's definitely relevant, especially, I don't know, within the last six months. Coming, me moving to Sydney has really opened my eyes has it? to a lot of, yeah, from Brisbane. Just like I never thought that I'd get on a train and have to worry about like say my safety or things like that mm. with the world changing but then mm. also I never experienced say homelessness and mm. I've been really it's been really hard for me at the start and I think mm. really the work compassion for me it ties in a lot of things that I'm experiencing right now and emotions and being like wow so people live on the streets and mm. and they're going through hardships that I, I never thought were possible really right. yeah I think yeah. that's the beauty of that piece is that I suppose well and the idea that 
you know, they had it initially was that everybody in the whole world experiences compassion and it's sort of a theme that runs throughout whatever religion, whatever culture you're from and I mm. think that was why they why they chose it, you know, because it's so central to everyone. Um, so mm. what we might do is hear a little clip from that now. Was of course the soulful vocals of Lior with Sydney Symphony Orchestra performing Avinu Malkenu from Lior and Nigel Westlake's collaborative work Compassion, which the AYO are very excited to be performing at Melbourne Recital Centre. Diana will of course be there too. Are you looking forward to the concert? Oh, enormously, yes. <laughs> it is going to be amazing. It's such an interesting collection mm. of music. Um, the concert will also feature Flying Dream, a work by Nigel Westlake based on themes from his film score for Paper Planes. And as we talked about earlier, Diana will of course be performing Nigel Westlake's oboe concerto Spirit of the Wild. So please come along and join us at Melbourne Recital Centre on Monday the 10th and Tuesday the 11th of July at 7.30pm. Diana, it's been wonderful to have you on the show this morning. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us. Thanks Thank very you. much. <laughs> um, that's all from us here on Meet the AYO. Bye for now.